morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being here with us today. Would you stand? We're going to begin by singing a brand new song this morning that makes a declaration about God and who he is to us and who we are to him and the promises that he's made. Those walls that we called sin and shame They were like prisons that we couldn't escape But he came and he died and he rose Those walls are rubble now Remember those giants we 
They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came and he died and he rose. Those giants are dead now. And this is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what he does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away. Faith so big that we could And now those altars in the wilderness tell the story of his faithfulness. Never once did he fail, and he never will. And this is our God, this is who he is. He This is who he is. He loves us. Love is not something that God does. Love is who he is. That is who he is today. It's not a job he per- loving us is not a job he performs or a task that's on his to-do list. He loves us because that's who he is. And so God, we thank you that that is who you are to us today and that you love us because you created us and love is who you are. <laughs> 
So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and move among us today. Lord, anoint us as we worship you, as we listen to your word. Lord, in every minute that we are together in this room today, Lord, let it be infused by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, we welcome you today to Christ the Cornerstone. If you're worshiping with us online, we also want to extend a special welcome to you. If you are new here, if you've never been to CTC before, uh, we especially want to welcome you. And uh, whether you're in the room or whether you're watching us online for the first time. If you are new uh, and you're in the building, we invite you when you leave today to uh, stop by Connect Central. It is the large room on the left when you leave this room. Uh, out in our mall area. We have a free gift for you. Please stop by and pick one of those up. You'll have a chance to meet some folks from our church and find out about any and all of the ministries that we have uh, going on here at Christ the Cornerstone. If you're new and you're online, we have an online connect card that you can fill out and uh, let us know that you're here and uh, let us know if you're new. And so uh, also if you're in the room, wow, I'm a little bit confused this morning. I'm talking, sometimes I do that. I talk so fast that I get ahead of myself. Uh, So I'm just going to slow down because I'm just excited to be in the presence of the Lord today. Amen. Uh, But if you're in the room and uh, you want to fill out that connect card, we ask you to do that every time you come and worship with us just so that we know you're here. uh, Because when you're not here, we miss you and we want to be able to keep in touch with you. You can also let us know about prayer requests and praise reports that you have. Uh, We have groups that meet throughout the week and we pray over those needs. So please trust us with that information. Uh, And if you're, again, if you're new or if you have a prayer request online, you can fill out that online request or you can click the uh, I need prayer button uh, that just popped up in the chat. Uh, So now let's take a couple of minutes and find out about some of the things that are happening around our church. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. You hear us say often that we believe everyone should have the chance to experience God's life-changing love. On Thursday, March 9th at the Bear Campus, we are hosting a training event for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. This is in preparation for the main event, which will be Tuesday, May 2nd at the Cecil County Fairgrounds in Elkton. We need your help in staffing this event. We will be staffing this as if it were a weekend service. To find out more or to sign up to serve, send an email to lpoindexter at ctcde.church. Bible reading is a daily habit that many of us have struggled to develop. Beginning on March 16th and continuing on the third Thursday of every month, we have a new life group designed to help with that. Women of the Word will seek to encourage women in daily Bible reading with plans, discussion, and making the most of what we read in God's Word. To learn more or to sign up, contact Chrissy Carroll at ccarroll at ctcde.church. As we approach the date for our church conference to vote on disaffiliation, we want to make sure we keep you updated. The vote meeting is set for Tuesday, March 14th at 6.30 p.m. As a reminder, 
Our lay elders are leading this effort, and they are available to talk with anyone from either campus that has questions about disaffiliation. Our elders are Gwen Harris-Montague, Kathy Hudson, Margaret Alt, Darren Waters, Francine Beatty-Stone, and Nick DeBueno. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. morning. I offer my welcome to all of you, to you online. Thank you for being here today. And to you here in the room, welcome. I'm Pastor Roger. don't have my name tag on today, so I just thought I'd remind myself who I was and what I'm doing here. That's kind of, it's like, you know, one of the seven dwarves. What are you and who are you doing here? I think that was Doc. Anyway, glad you're here, and I hope you know who you are. And all of us uh, are God's children through our faith in Jesus Christ, and that is so important for us to know. There's one more opportunity I want to tell you about. Uh, in a couple of weeks, on March 23rd, I know I've packed, uh, I have packed March with all kinds of events for us to, to be involved and to make important decisions and to do things, but we live out our Christian faith uh, with our actions, with our hands, with our words to other people. Jesus says, go into all the world, bring others to him, tell them the good news. And that's what we've got to do. So here's an opportunity. Lynn told you about a couple opportunities to serve events that we have, like the, the uh, Christian Life and Witness Training Program in preparation for, the Fra- for Franklin Graham coming to our area. We need, we need you to come here and welcome other people from the community. Another event that we'll be having that we need people to help greet at the door, perhaps uh, help parking cars, uh, help with setting up cookies and refreshments and things like that. On March 23rd, we'll be hosting an event that's called an Opioid Awareness Town Hall. And we're not planning the event, but we're hosting it for our communities. This is an event planned planned by some, uh, some local organizations who just want to help our school districts, especially the Aquinamic School District and the Christina School District, which we're right on the border of those two school districts. This is an event for families in those districts to become more aware of the opioid crisis that we have in our nation today, and in our communities. And we hosted a similar event at our campus in Ellesmere a couple months ago. But uh, if you're willing to help... um, serve during that event to welcome people from our community, I'm asking you to set that date aside. And when you see an opportunity to sign up for that, please do so. Uh, Giving is another way that we uh, express our trust in God with all of the things that we have. And uh, a month ago, I asked you, many of you, to make a commitment to give a certain amount weekly or monthly or annually to Christ the Cornerstone. And I want to pray for us as we're, as we're now in that season of acting on our commitments. If you're new to us or you didn't make a commitment, we're also praying for you that you would respond uh, to give to God according to uh, what, how God leads you. The Bible says don't give 
under pressure, don't give reluctantly because God loves a cheerful giver. And so we read a scripture every week that encourages us to be generous with what God has given to us. So let's read together out loud this scripture that's on the screen this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Let's read this. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Give yourself first to the Lord, and He will direct our paths from there on. Let's continue worshiping God this morning. And I offer this prayer. Would you stand with me as you are able to do? And the team will come back and we'll continue worshiping God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for all that you do for us, for the salvation that we feel in our hearts, the the knowledge that our sins are forgiven, and the change that comes into our lives when we trust in you. We thank you for that. And we gather this morning to worship you. We gather in order to lift praises to you. And God, we commit ourselves once again to share with you and with others not only the good news, but also the things that you have provided to us. Lord, we want to see you work with power in our lives. And that means that we've got to risk ourselves to trust in you. Holy Spirit, come. Help us do that. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us worship God this morning. That, that you, you would be lifted up and draw all people unto you. We thank you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you make a way for us in the wilderness, in the desert. When we can't see you at work, You're still working in our lives. Hallelujah. When the road runs dead, you can see a way I don't. And it makes no sense to say that's what faith is for. I see a flood, you see a promise. I see a grave, you see a door, and when I'm at my end, you see where the future starts. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. You've been good on every promise. Bye. 
thank you, Lord. God, we worship you today. Because even in the tough times and in the difficult times, when we don't know, when we don't see, when we don't understand, we know that there is one person, God, that you sent to make a way for salvation for us. And that is your son, Jesus. And so, Lord, today, for our lives, for our families, for our homes, Lord, when we don't see a way, we just want to say that one name. That name is Jesus. That name is Jesus. That name is more powerful than any other. And Lord, in the darkness of our lives today, we speak that name. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn Jesus in the street. Jesus. 
speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. today. We call on your name today because there is no name greater. There is no name stronger. We sing about it from time to time that we are seated in heavenly places with him who has never lost a battle. He's given us authority. His name has authority. We've used this illustration in here before about the idea of power of attorney. If I give you power of attorney in my life, you can do anything that I can do. That's what Jesus has given us. We had a series a couple of months ago called Greater Things, where Jesus, when he, before he left the earth, he told his disciples, you see the things that I've done? Well, you will do these things and even greater because I go to the Father. And so today when we speak his name, it's not a magic ATM. It's not a magic potion. It's not a magic formula. But it is power. It is healing. And it is life. Come on and give thanks to the Lord today. So you might be standing here and saying this morning, I, I get that. I, I, I've read about it. I've heard about it in other people's lives, but I want to experience it. And so sometimes in our lives, we have to give thanks, even in the broken places of our lives. So this morning, as we sang last week at the end of our series on worship about lifting our hands, Today, even if the hallelujah is forced or if it's broken or if it's tough to get out, that's all he wants is our heart. All my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my I could sing these songs 
else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah 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 the name of Jesus is far above all other names. And the pure praise from our heart, even if all we can say is hallelujah, sometimes that's all we can get out. Do you know that in just about every organized language in the world, the word hallelujah is recognizable? So, so it doesn't matter what people group we're from, what nation we're from. It doesn't matter where we are. When we say hallelujah, we're joining with people from all over the world who are saying the same thing to God. Because He is worthy of praise. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. It's great to give God praise when everything is going great, but maybe maybe a really, really good time to praise God is when times are tough. And it's just a simple hallelujah. And I believe, I don't know, I just feel like this is for somebody in this room today or somebody watching us online today. In the midst of that hallelujah that's tough to get out, will grow something beautiful that becomes just a season of praise in your life. A season of giving God worship and honor and glory. When in this moment, in this room, or right where you are watching us online, all you can muster is a hallelujah. So God, I just pray today for all those who are struggling and walking in dark places. Father, that as we lift our voices and as we just say, Hallelujah. As hard as it is, as broken as we feel, we pray, God, that in that Hallelujah, that something beautiful will grow. Not only in our own prayer closet, in our own worship time, in our own car, riding down the road, but in this room, that you will grow something beautiful that is a concert and a symphony of praise to you. God, we pray today for April and for her team as they lead our children, minister to them, and teach them. God, we pray your anointing would rest on her and each one who has stepped up to to serve as a teacher. We pray your anointing and your blessing on them. We pray for our pastor as he brings a message this morning. God, we pray that you would anoint him, and we we pray that you would open our ears and anoint our hearts that we might hear and receive and that we might be different when we leave here today. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, April and leave. God bless our children.
and uh, we do. We bless our children. We ask God. We ask the Holy Spirit. I believe they might be in the gym over there, or they might be downstairs right below us. I think they're going to the gym. Is that where they go? To the gym? Parent, some parent tell me you know where your children are going. <laughs> and, uh, and we're right here, but God, we ask you to fill that room with your protection, with your presence, that as we have felt the presence uh, in this room of God, that it does not leave. And thank you for the laughter. Thank you for the joy. Thank you for the playfulness of children. And be with our parents, God, because they have the powerful responsibility to raise up the children in the way that you want them to go so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. Wow, what a powerful responsibility. Now, my children are old, or, <laughs> and I'm still, we're still a parent to them, and uh, we pray for all of our children that they may come to know you in Jesus' name. I want to watch a, 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 short, a brief video. It's a testimony of, uh, of a linebacker. And let's, let's watch that. And we're thinking about prayer this morning. So how, do, how does this uh, video, uh, what does it tell us about prayer? Let's watch it. December I'm at this conference and the chaplain has been ministering to me for about a month or two and it it just hasn't really been clicking but all of a sudden I'm in worship and all the words just start making sense and I'm able to just see like the scales falling from my eyes I'm, I'm able to understand why Jesus had to come and die because there was no way for me to make the connection back to God. He washed me clean and he he was the bridge that allowed me to walk back into a relationship with my Heavenly Father. And all of a sudden I had this immense fire to go and tell people about this relationship that existed with Jesus that I hadn't known before. I just wanted to know more about about this God that, you know, had been around for, for 19 years that I hadn't created a relationship with. But now I wanted to grow in that relationship. Ever since then, I've just been on fire for the kingdom of God and I've grown in that relationship and I've been able to share that with thousands of people and it's just been amazing and uh, I wouldn't trade for the world that that was my best day ever linebacker for uh, New Orleans Saints he said the chaplain had been ministering to me for about a month but it wasn't clicking until one day in worship The words began to make sense, and I realized why Jesus had to die on the cross. Jesus was the bridge, he said, that allowed me to walk back into a relationship with my Heavenly Father. We were created to have a relationship, an eternal relationship, with the God who knit you together in your mother's womb. I had a very good childhood, but still, my mother didn't want me. When she learned she was pregnant with me, she didn't know how could they care for a fourth child. 
And she went into a deep depression. And she went on medications. But the day came when God said to her, Peggy, I'm going to take care of this child. I'm going to take care of you. What was it that DeMario is describing that experience of suddenly coming into, into an awareness of who God is? And my mother... Uh, let's see, what month are we in now? Okay, nearly 58 years ago. <laughs> my mother having that sense of fear, but also... Months after learning that she was pregnant with me, also having a sense of peace. Because God, her father, had assured her, I'll take care of you. What is, what is that communication that happens in these two illustrations? We call it prayer. Had my mother not been willing to pray... She never would have cried out, Oh God, what do I do with this child? I know there are many families who are in that same situation. Oh God, how do we get by? We need to pray. Prayer is that communication that we have with God. Do you ever feel like Demario? Lost? Not It not connecting? Do you ever feel like you might know about God? I've heard about this person, Jesus, but it's not quite clicking. I don't quite get it. Have you ever felt like that? I have. Have you ever heard someone describe the amazing work of Jesus and you think that's great for you, but what about me? Mario was describing an experience in which his mind began to understand and his heart began to change. I think Mario was describing a time when he was learning to pray. He was learning to be in the presence of God so that he could hear God. Not only hear God, but, but understand something about God. And then that understanding went to his heart. Or maybe it goes backwards sometimes. Maybe we begin to sense God. I'm avoiding the word feel because feel is, we, we usually tend to think of feelings, feel, the word feel just with emotions. But, but God equipped us to be able to sense his presence in more than just emotions. And we are equipped that way. We are, we are born to be able to connect with God in more than just an intellectual sense, more than just in an emotional sense. We're in a, in a, in a, we would call it a gut sense. And that's more than our emotions. You know, there is a brain in your stomach. <laughs> you can read about it. Look up the second brain. <laughs> and, and it messes us up. Many of the psychiatric medications that, that patients take affect their intestinal tract. That's because those medications are affecting not only this brain, but also this brain. Now, that's as far as I can go with it. <laughs> but check it out. God created us 
to be able to sense things. Other culture, we call it our, our gut instinct. Some people call it a spidey sense. Now, I don't understand that one. <laughs> what, what do spiders know that, that I don't know? Anyway, I think it's all part of prayer. And I don't know what happened to DeMario, but he didn't quite get it. But then in worship, he said, the, and he was in an environment where perhaps he was just listening to a song and something happened and he sensed something in his life. Or maybe he was, somebody was reading Scripture. Or maybe it was the preacher or the, or the chaplain giving a message. Whatever it was, it began to sink in. And that's prayer. Prayer is a personal and an intimate means for communicating with God and God communicating with us. He is our Heavenly Father. He loves us. To use a modern analogy, and every analogy breaks down at some point, but prayer is like our internet connection with God. (laughs) And without it, you know, some of us are old enough, like prayer is like the telephone, and look at me how I'm holding my hand. Who has a telephone shaped like this anymore? <laughs> prayer is like our telephone. Without, the, without our internet, our children are playing internet games, or maybe we're playing internet games with friends. We don't know. We don't even know their name. We just know their, their online identification. We don't know what country they're in, but we're having a game with them. We're playing with them. We're, we're, we're fighting with them or we're working together to do something. And when that Internet connection goes down, they're lost. And when our connection with God goes down, we're lost. Prayer is essential for us as human beings. So I'm inviting us to take these few weeks to learn how to pray. For some of us, That's a very new thing. The only prayer we've uttered is when we get to an intersection and we're supposed to go through it, but the guy coming across the other way runs a red light. We go, oh, Jesus. For some of us, that's the only prayer we say. And we wait till the crisis before we cry out to God. And we neglect and we end up living a religion that is based on emergency and crisis. But God wants so much more than that. You would never raise your children intentionally to live only in crisis. And you would never, the loving parent does not wait until the child is bleeding and screaming to death before they act to help that child. No, you want to maintain a healthy relationship with your child. So prayer is the means by which we maintain an intimate friendship with God who loves us. Learn to pray. Some of us have learned to pray a long time ago. Some of some of us, I am, I don't. uh, One of the things I learned. (laughs) Pastor Paul has been here for 27 years. Many of you remember. No love. You were nurtured in your faith by Pastor Paul. What a powerful prayer he is. And when I came here and, I, and I, was, I was under Paul's authority, I said, oh God, I want to learn how to pray like Paul. We all have something to learn in prayer. Even Pastor Paul. 
has something to learn. So let's come together for these few weeks and learn about prayer. I'm asking you to do two things in this series. One is I'm offering on Wednesday nights, I'm offering a class called the prayer course. Simple enough. It's not I didn't write it. It's coming from a a, a ministry called 24-7. Pete Gregg uh, from England established this and it's good stuff. So I'm inviting us, I'm inviting you to join me on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock by Zoom. There's a card on your table, and hopefully, you're, uh, if you're online, we'll send you a link. Uh, or if not, send a message, and we'll make sure that you get the link to the Zoom, to the Zoom meeting. But 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights, uh, from now until Easter, I'll be gathering us together if you're willing. Now, I know this, the March 1st is the men's dinner. <laughs> um, the men are, are, are gathering for dinner at Route 40 Diner. At six o'clock, so some of you men will choose to go to the dinner. You can't come to the can't come to this this prayer course uh, this week, but jump in when you can. It doesn't require a commitment to be there every week. And actually, you could do the whole course on your own online. But let's get together on Wednesdays and take that card home that's on the table, just as a reminder to you, or it's on your seat. It says the prayer course at Christ the Cornerstone. So that's one of the things I'm asking us to do. Let's learn to pray. The second thing I'm asking us to do during this season is to fast together. And here's the pattern that we typically use here for fasting, and it, and it works, and, and it's a call to fast. Let's, let's fast from eat, eat supper, for example, Thursday night, but then after supper, stop eating, and don't eat again until supper on Friday. So basically a 24-hour period that I'm calling you to fast. Now hear me clearly. If it is physically unhealthy for you to fast from food, don't do it. Unless the Lord says, I'll take care of you. But that's your decision, not mine. (laughs) Don't sue me because the pastor said, I've never been sued because I called people to a fast and they landed in the hospital. But no, don't do that. If you've got to fast from something else, choose what to fast. But during a fast, we, we eliminate something so that we can spend that time, we can focus on God. When the hunger pains come, or when the desire comes for that which, from which we're fasting, that is our warning sign that it's time to talk to God. That's what the hunger does. The hunger says it's time to pray. And so we pray. And we say, God, I am, I am choosing to focus on you. So I'm asking us to fast, just, just a, a general fast, but you know that the, the, the vote for disaffiliating from the United Methodist Church is coming up, and we need to fast and pray for that vote. That this congregation will go in the direction that God wants us to go. And when, when that decision is made, that we will be strong and healthy on the other side of our vote. Which I believe <laughs> is what God wants for us in every way. So I'm calling us to fast. So let's begin to learn uh, about, uh, about prayer And it starts with Luke chapter 11. And let's look at Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. It says, once uh, once Jesus, and and if you want to take notes this morning, flip the the little announcement card, flip it over. There's space for you to take notes uh, on that, about our message. And I got an uncharacteristically good, uh, simple message this morning. So I'll be saying 1, 2, and 3 and... It's not a story that's hard to take notes from. Luke 1, I mean Luke 11, verses 1 through 4. says, once Jesus, one time, Jesus was in a certain place praying. 
And as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. We have to learn how to pray. Prayer is a skill that we get better and better and better at. Now, if we don't practice it, we're not going to get good at it. We're watching little Nolan Carroll learn to walk. And, he, and, and Chrissy would bring him to the office and we'd watch him crawl. And if he just laid there, he'd never learn to crawl. If he just, if he just crawled, he'd never learn to walk. But God created us to mature and to develop. And God cr- created us to pray. And we might start out simple and small, but we have to pray. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. Give us each day the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Yield means to say yes to something else. When we yield in our cars, we're at an intersection and we yield, we say yes to the other person, you can go. When we yield to God in our lives, we say, yes, God, you can go first. I will follow you. That's the prayer Jesus used to teach us to pray. And sometimes we repeat that almost word for word, but most of the time we follow that prayer as a pattern in our lives. And for more than a thousand years, Christians have been praying a form of that prayer that begins with these words. So we'll stick with this today. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your name always be honored. Holy, lifted up, set apart. The mom named Allie, she learned that her toddler son was probably had gotten too comfortable with Amazon's Alexa. So, I don't know the son's name, two years old. She was watching the video one morning that was that, that was recorded during the night in her son's bedroom. And so what she, she heard this conversation. The little boy said, Alexa. Alexa replied. The boy said, I need daddy. And Alexa replied, what should I add? The little boy said, daddy. Alexa replied, okay, I have added daddy to your shopping list. Is there anything else? <laughs> the toddler replied, uh, no. <laughs> Prayer with God is not an Alexa. Prayer is a personal relationship with a living parent, heavenly father, who is, who is like no other parent on earth. I know it gets complicated for some of us. Because when we hear father or when we hear mother, we think of our human father or our human mother. And for those of us who, whose, whose parents have harmed us, it's difficult for us to think of our heavenly father without also feeling that pain. But we've got, Christ can overcome that. We've got to overcome that because God is the example of mother and father, not the other way around. 
Our mother and father are not the example of who God is. So we've got to go to the Scriptures. We've got to go to God directly and say, God, teach me who you are as a heavenly Father. And it's not like Alexa. I want to remind us of three simple rules about prayer that Pete Gregg talks about in his prayer, in his prayer course. And the first one about prayer is keep it simple. Keep your prayers simple. A prayer doesn't get much simpler than this. I need daddy. And when I, when I hear that phrase, I think of my sister who, who, who was, an, was an adult when, when she had an experience in life. And I remember her saying to me one day, I need my mother. There are times when we go through experiences, we just need that friend, we need that parent, we need that person. We need to know that we're not alone. Keep it simple. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 describes Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden after they have sinned. And, and, and listen to how this describes that moment when, when God comes to confront Adam and Eve. It says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing. When the cool evening breezes were blowing. Is that how, is that the setting that you think of when, when you're in trouble and the cops are coming to you? You, know, the, the, you, you, you went through a red light? Or, or, or you, you got too close to the person in front of you and you couldn't stop in time. I've been there. Boom. And, and everybody's frantic. It's nothing like the cool evening breezes blowing. When I hear the phrase, when the cool evening breezes blow, I go to my childhood on a, on a hot summer night on the farm, all the work has been done. The family has been fed. We're sitting together out on the back porch and we feel that cool breeze come across the yard through the screens and it refreshes us. And I'm five or six years old and I'm, there's no more comfortable place on earth than to be there. So this is the setting in which God is coming to confront the sin of those He loves. It's not a frightening time. It's an intimate time. And this is what it says. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife, look at this, heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. Now when I get in trouble... And, and I was young, and, and, and I knew my mother was coming. I heard her walking about in the garden. Roger, where did you go? <laughs> That's not what Adam and Eve heard. They heard God strolling along like He did every night in the cool evening breezes. Coming to have a chat with the people He loves. Coming to sit down, have a drink together, rest after the day's work is complete, and talk with me, the one who made me. That's, are you getting a picture of the intimacy that God has created us for? And prayer is the place where we have that. So Adam and Eve, 
rest of verse 8 says, hid from the Lord among the trees. They were scared. They knew that they had done wrong. But God comes looking for them. So then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where'd you go? (laughs) Not like my mother. Roger! (laughs) Roger, Lawrence, Frederick. You know how it goes. Keep your prayers simple. First, keep it simple. Second, keep it real. In the middle of the night, a child needs daddy. That's pretty real. When we feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, when we sense in our lives we need somebody, we need something that we can't provide for ourselves, it's real. So God wants us to be real and authentic, coming to Him without any pretense that we're somebody that we're not. God knows you. God knows all your thoughts before you do. (laughs) You can't fool God. You might be able to fool yourself for a little while, but it will catch up to you. Here's Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. I'm reading this one from the translation, the, the, or the, the paraphrase, the message. This is what it says. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so that you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from God, from you to God. And you will begin to sense His grace. Don't come to God think, with your list of good things that you've done because you can't make a list long enough to get God's approval. It won't work. Just come to God honestly. Say, oh God, I messed up again. Maybe for the first time. Okay, God, I'm going to be honest with you today. My life is a mess. God, I have succeeded in everything. And I I look good. Everybody thinks my life is perfect, but my life is a mess. I'm miserable on the inside in this job. I'm miserable in my marriage. I don't know how to fix it. God, I need you. Come to God. Real and honest. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Thirdly, keep it up. Keep praying. Now, with a little boy that I described, we didn't hear the end of the story. We didn't hear whether or not Daddy came. We left it at, uh, no. (laughs) But I imagine that that child realized, okay, Alexa, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know what a shopping list is. Dad! And I remember those days when I was, Carolyn and I were quiet and warm in our bedroom. And one of the children was rustling. Dad! Oh, please call Mom. (laughs) I don't want to embarrass my son, but the worst time I heard that was in the bathroom. Coming from the bathroom. Dad! (laughs) I said, when's this going to end? I kept telling myself, when he's 15, he will not be calling me to the bathroom. Thank you, Jesus. 
And that's true. When he was 15, he did not call me to the bathroom. Sorry, Ryan, if you're watching. Keep it up. We didn't hear the end of the story. Now, we don't know if, that, if Daddy eventually came, but I imagine that that child didn't get, get, give up when Alexa didn't get him, give him what he wanted. Luke chapter 18 gives us a wonderful story of the persistence that God wants us to have in prayer. It's Luke 18, verses 1 through 8, and we'll just read it quickly. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show how they should always pray and never give up. There was a certain judge in a city. He said, he, he said, the judge neither feared God nor cared about people. Now, I don't know how that judge came to be a judge. Probably didn't do it that way in America. <laughs> we, want to, we want judges who care for people. But a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in my dispute with my enemy. Now the judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people? who cry out to Him day and night. Will He keep putting them off? I tell you, He will grant justice to them quickly. When the Son of Man returns, it's Jesus. When I come again, Jesus says, how many will I find on the earth who have faith? How many will I find who are continuing to pray faithfully? Don't Give up. So let's pray. Let's pray today. Let me remind you of the invitation that I've given. Join me on Wednesdays. Join us on Thursday evening for a fast into Friday Friday evening. But let's take time now to pray. So I'm inviting you even to get up from your seats and come here and join me in prayer. When you're ready, as we're singing, Whatever, but just talk to God honestly, openly. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. Let me close with this scripture. Because you can be sure that when we, when we come to God in prayer, the Bible teaches us the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words. And the Father who knows all our hearts and knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. I invite you to stand with me. And if you, and yes, you can stay where you are and pray there, but I'm asking us to to let our bodies do do the praying and, and, and just come here and join me in prayer if you will. If you're online, join those who are with line, uh, online also and just offer a prayer. As the team comes and leads us in song, let's sing, let's pray together.
Make you know. 
God, we thank you for the name Jesus. Everlasting, everlasting name above all. Jesus, you are. So we speak that name over every heart and mind. God, as we walk through these next few weeks, and you're teaching us how to pray. Lord, we know how to make words come out of our mouths, and we know how to ask for things. But God, teach us how to communicate with you. There's no one else like you, God. Hallelujah. We're going to continue to worship for a few minutes up here. When you need to go, you can go. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. The altar is still open for prayer. There's still folks at the prayer stations. If you're online, you can still reach out to someone for prayer. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us this week. Have a great week.